0: Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Monday, August 30th, 2021. Topics on today's episode include spending your money on mortgage industry awards, my interview with Michael Dunn on FHFA and HUD regarding fair housing initiatives in the Biden administration's agenda, and takeaways from Fed Chair Powell's speech on Friday. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Flowify. FlowFi is a digital mortgage automation and point of sale solution that streamlines the loan origination process by providing a secure application, communication, and document management portal between loan originators, borrowers, referral partners, and other mortgage stakeholders. Loan originators and wholesale lenders use FlowFi to collect and verify borrower documentation, track loan progress, communicate with borrowers and realtors, integrate existing systems, and close loans faster. To learn more about FlowFi, as well as some of their most powerful solutions for loan originators, including 1003 pilot Hybrid eClose, Flowify eSign, and more, visit Flowify.com. The Texas Mortgage Bankers Association conference is in full swing. Servicing is a big topic. Lenders are selling 65% servicing retained, primarily to the agencies, and release 35%. Compare that to last summer's 95% retained, 5% released. Yes, MSRs have bounced back. Speaking of the agencies, lenders will tell you that on their wish list is to have a 90-day lead time for negative changes from Fannie and Freddie, whereas we only need about half of that for good changes. Good to have regard for lenders' pipelines. Hopefully Sandra Thompson, the acting director of FHFA, will have regard for lenders' pipelines and knows uncertainty increases costs and that expenses are being passed on to borrowers. Capital market staff will typically err on the side of being conservative, while ops staff are focused on reducing processing friction. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome back to the show Michael Dunn. He is the General Counsel at FBC Mortgage and a participating affiliate member of the American Association of Residential Mortgage Regulators, the Central Florida Compliance Association, the National Mortgage Bankers Association Legal Issues and Regulatory Compliance Committee, and the Mortgage Bankers Association of Central Florida. I wanted to talk to him today about the latest in compliance. Hello, how you doing? Hello, doing well. Glad we could finally fit this in, and uh, happy to have you back. There was a recent announcement regarding a first-in-kind collaboration between FHFA and HUD on fair housing initiatives. Why do you think the two agencies felt it necessary to collaborate on the joint memorandum of understanding?
1: From our perspective, this can be seen as another example of the Biden administration's commitment to address racial inequities in the housing industry. And so when this announcement came out, it was a little surprising because we hadn't seen this um, type of agreement in in the form of a memorandum of understanding before. But in this case, HUD and FHFA got together uh, at the direction of the Biden administration and has decided that between the agencies, between the, the GSEs and HUD, that information sharing was going to be uh, paramount and important for them to be able to regulate and enforce uh, fair housing initiatives um, and laws. They talked about coordination on investigations, which is, which is different language than has been used in the past, especially on the FHFA side. So from a compliance officer standpoint, that gets my attention because typically the GSEs have not investigated or examined lenders, but they have done more of a, of a consultative or collaborative type of review in their Fannie Mora and Freddie Core reviews. So th- that's different language. Um, coordination and sharing information on compliance reviews. Typically, GSEs and HUD um, do not perform compliance reviews as part of their uh, loan sale review process. They do more of a credit income asset verification. Um, so, coordination sharing information on compliance reviews is different uh, language that that we're paying attention to. And then ongoing monitoring. What what does that uh, collaborative information sharing look like as far as the ongoing monitoring of us lenders. Um, So some clarity around that announcement um, hopefully is forthcoming, but, but we're taking note because it is unique and it is something that is obviously advancing Biden's commitment to address racial inequities in the housing industry.
0: Obviously FHFA has a different director or direction, I should say, since she's yet to be confirmed since we last spoke. What else has FHFA done to advance the Biden agenda?
1: One of the items that stood out was a recent proposed rule seeking comments on certain percentages of loan acquisitions that is obviously geared towards meeting goals related to helping lower income families and minority neighborhoods uh, over the course of 2022 through 2024 These are subtle changes, but big changes when it comes to uh, unit counts and and volume amounts, increasing the number of low-income home purchases um, that are purchased by the GSEs, and increasing the number of very low-income home purchases. All of these things are designed essentially to, again, advance Biden administration's agenda, um, pushing the FHFA to uh, Commit to increasing access to credit to all borrowers, no matter what their location is. And we do expect that the FHFA will be announcing some program changes, possibly in the pricing and, and in their underwriting guideline changes in the coming weeks or the month or months, to facilitate the achievement of these goals. And so we're paying attention to these announcements and um, and making comments as as we seem fit. But um, it's definitely another indication that. FHFA is taking this clear direction from the new administration and advancing that directive.
0: How do you believe fair lending enforcement actions and examinations will change as a result of these updates?
1: It's almost novel because we typically are examined, as far as an independent mortgage banker, we're examined by states and the CFPB. So when it comes to the when it comes to fair lending examinations and how those are going to look as a result of the MOU between HUD and FHFA, it's, it's kind of anybody's guess. But what my thought is that they would probably take HMDA data and perform their own regression analysis, run metrics, compare us and lenders of our size and, and scope. Um, to determine if we're outside of the bands, and as far as their fair fair lending statistical objectives, maintaining certain certain statistical differences between between lenders, and so it's it's hard to tell. But what we do know from the MOU is that they're going to be sharing information on those exams. My guess is that HUD will take the lead, um, as opposed to the GSEs, who are far more historically interested in creditworthiness um, as opposed to uh, compliance matters and demographic statistics. And so we think that HUD is going to take the lead, but but it's still kind of yet to be determined. And, and we're looking for updates from the GSEs and HUD along those lines.
0: For lenders out there, how do they stay on top of, or better yet, ahead of Incoming changes, or or what they think the the new direction may be. What's the best way to handle that?
1: Staying in close communication with uh, your your trade organizations, such as Mortgage Bankers Association, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, um, talking with other lenders to make sure that folks are uh, are keeping up to date with what other fo- what other lenders are doing. Advertising kind of gets put to the back back burner on with regards to fair housing. So updating your your advertising policies to make sure that you're really looking with a critical eye at your advertising strategies to make sure that it's being inclusive rather than exclusive. So those are some of the the smaller things that you can do to try to prepare for, for some of these changes. But the The typical things like performing your own regression analysis and comparing yourself to other lenders um, and other lending patterns with lenders of your size and scope is going to be is going to be important, and then taking corrective action when you fall outside of the statistical ranges that that the CFPB and HUD will expect. Those are going to be tremendously important to document those corrective actions.
0: This was. Enjoyable and informative as always, and I look forward to having you back on again soon. Thanks, Robbie. Surprise, surprise. There were no real surprises in Fred Chair Powell's speech from the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium on Friday. He along with plenty of other regional Fed presidents, reiterated the U.S. economy has made enough substantial progress to warrant an appropriate shift towards tapering the monthly $120 billion bond-buying program before year-end. He didn't provide a specific time frame and said that the central bank would be assessing data from the Delta variant of the coronavirus. Tapering isn't the same as tightening, and the Fed chair added that the central bank won't be in a hurry to start raising rates shortly thereafter. Many saw the comments as dovish while investors took assurance that the withdrawal of stimulus would be gradual. Perhaps we will receive an announcement as soon as the September 21st, 22nd FOMC meeting. Fed Chair Powell's speech came shortly after we saw that the PCE core deflator rose the most in July since 1991. The PCE price index, which increased 0.3% month over month and 3.6% year over year, is the Fed's preferred inflation indicator. The large figures are one reason we are seeing more and more Fed presidents advocate for a reduction in asset purchases. Fed Chair Powell has recently advocated that higher prices are mostly the result of supply chain disruptions that will work themselves out over time. The report also showed that income grew more than expected, though there was a slightly lower than expected increase in spending. What does it all mean? Inflation pressures continue to run persistently high, and the decline in real PCE will be a drag on third quarter GDP forecast. We also saw that consumers moderated spending in July as evidenced by a 0.1% drop in personal consumption and a 2.6% decline in durable goods spending. Should this moderation continue, it may allow some areas of production to catch up with back orders and supply some relief to the rising prices the Fed insists are transitory. With consumers pulling back spending, the savings rate increased to 9.6%. Some estimate that household savings is roughly $2.3 trillion above where it might have been based on pre-pandemic trends. Consumer sentiment fell to its lowest level in nearly a decade as uncertainty around the Delta variant, increased hospitalizations, and the potential for a prolonged pandemic weighed on sentiment. Perhaps this report is simply a reflection of the frustration many are feeling about the prolonged duration of the pandemic rather than a sense of impending economic hardship. This last unofficial week of summer, ahead of the Labor Day holiday, brings several housing-related releases, regional Fed surveys, PMIs, consumer confidence, ADP employment, and construction spending. But the headline will be the August payrolls report on Friday. The calendar begins later this morning, which July lie pending home sales, and the Dallas Fed Texas Manufacturing Index for August. In regard to MBS, the desk will purchase an average of $4.3 billion per day this week, including up to $5.2 billion today. We begin the week with agency MBS prices roughly unchanged from Friday, as is the 10 year yielding 1.31%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Sometimes, when driving, my dad will honk his horn and wave at some random stranger in another car, so that stranger spends the whole day wondering where they knew him from. <laughs> Special thanks to our friends at Flowfi for sponsoring this episode of the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage Podcast. Loan originators, mortgage brokers, and wholesale lenders expedite your mortgage process with Flowfi POS, Flowfi Plus, and Flowfi TPO. Visit flowfi.com to schedule a live demo of any one of these three powerful loan origination solutions. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com.